there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's today's message. Like, would there be a moment that he's a lover and take from me? 
So he said he loved me today, but if he has a mind that changes, maybe he'll get fed up with me after a while. I want to tell you this morning that the unchanging nature of God is extremely good news. Because we can rely on him to be a sure foundation for every age. Thank God that as believers, we do not live in a way that has to wonder how God feels about us. Where whatever he says is true and remains true forever. Are you with me this morning? I know it's a little sleepy and morning church this morning, but can you help out a slightly sleepy preacher? Get involved with me this morning, would you? We can be confident and full of faith and strong and relentless in our hope because we have a saviour who does not change and that is good news. He is love in all its fullness. He is light that can never be quashed. He is grace and truth personified. And so out of his unchanging nature, out of his grace, out of his love for us, he presents us with what we've been studying are known as the Ten Commandments. Dun, dun, dun. The Ten Commandments. Oh my gosh. Oh. Maybe it would have felt more palatable if it was the ten mild suggestions. Maybe it would have been easier if it was the ten questionable proposals, reasonable recommendations, or at at the most, just a passionate plea from God. The trouble for you and I is this, that the ten commandments are not ten reasonable suggestions. They are ten commandments. Let me give you some weight to the word commandment. Commandments are instructive instructions. Alright, there's going to be a bit of an iteration, so you can play along from here. Commandments are imperative in... I thought you went to Ellos Hall, you know. We have a decent education. Right. The Ten Commandments are imperative imperatives. You get me? They are mandatory mandates. The Ten Commandments are rigorous requirements. That was a bit more difficult. They're directional directives. They're not airy-fairy. They were written in stone for all time by the very finger of God himself. Wow. And I want to encourage you this morning, because if you come into church and the Ten Commandments, flipping out Old Testament, that was a bit heavy on the first week. I want to encourage you that when you look at the Ten Commandments, the first five are all to do with loving God and honouring God. And the last five are all to do with honouring people. And it's fascinating because when Jesus came uh, uh, to earth, God in flesh, he said the most important thing to these, love God and love your neighbour as yourself. This ethos was written into the Ten Commandments. It's beautiful. The Ten Commandments, you'll have noticed, they are mainly, don't do this. Don't do this. You see, God is big into self-control. And I'm glad he is. Because if I was God, I would have smited us by now. God is big into self-control. And, and when he commands us, he's, he's calling us to be people who are big on self-control. Most of the commandments are, listen, don't do this, because it's better if you don't do that. But we have this really interesting commandment. Commandment number five. Commandment number five says this, Honour your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. We've got a list of don't do these things. But we get to command five and it's do this one. It's not a don't, it's a do it. Go for it. Do it. Honour your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that your God has given you. Church, before we go any further this morning, I, I want to be really honest with you. And when there's a preach team, we decided we were going to preach through the Ten Commandments. I mean, that sounds pretty breezy. That's Sunday school. That's child's play of the Bible series. 
And then you just come to study each of the Ten Commandments, and they are challenging, aren't they? Really challenging. Incredibly encouraging, but deeply challenging. And I'll, before I go any further this morning, I want to acknowledge the fact that every single person in this room here today has a very, very different life experience of the things that we're going to be talking about today. And I want to encourage you that this was not an easy message to prepare. I have felt an extremely heavy heart for about four weeks as I've been trying to get this down. Because I am fully aware that if you have great parents and a fantastic family history, the idea of honouring your mother and father is not that hard. However, that is not the story for a lot of people in our world, and I know a lot of people in this room. So when we're talking about honouring our father and mother, I've realised and recognised this morning that this is a difficult subject. So before I go any further, can, can I release a caveat for this morning's message? A filter for us to go with. And then it should be coming up on the screen. <coughs> whatever God, and I want you to get this this morning, no matter what's said or heard, whatever the Holy Spirit whispers to you this morning, whatever God asks us to do is for the benefit of our whole being. <coughs> it's for the benefit of our minds, the benefit of our bodies and our souls. Whatever God asks us to do is for the benefit of his transformative plans and purposes for our lives to play out. Whatever God says, whatever he instructs, whatever he commands, it is because of love, because that's who he is. And it is for the benefit of our whole being, our minds, our bodies, and our souls. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. Can you come on, come, come on this board this morning? Okay, I'm getting with it at times, but we'll get somewhere in the middle together. Honour your father and mother. So, at least this message is a revelation this morning. At least we could all say, yeah, I, my life came from one man and one woman. That is what happened. We are all at the same level this morning. All right? We all have a level of mommy or daddy issues. Can we just put it out there? All right? We all have that. So, listen, what does this command suggest that God is for? What does it suggest he's for? God is for family. Can I get an amen? God is for healthy relationships. On your father and mother. Why? Because God is for stable environment, environments of mutual affection. God is for healthy respect God and for our parents. God is for the generations to look forward and look towards one another, recognising God's heart for all of us. Let's be encouraged this morning. On your father and mother is about a healthy relationship of the generations looking towards one another for a uh, God's blessing. God is for generational blessing. Is that good this morning? You might come from a family where, where you have not experienced generational blessing, and actually you would suggest perhaps that there seems to be some kind of weird generational curse. Like the stuff my dad did, my granddad did, my great granddad did, and do you know what? I can feel it rising up in me as well. But this morning, as we kind of come to the Word of God and we're determined to live following Christ and by the promises and commands of God, it might just be that the cycle. Is that good news this morning? Yeah. So what does this commandment show that God wants us to overcome? It shows us that God wants us to overcome broken relationships. He wants us to overcome rejection. He wants us to overcome hatred and animosity. That's why God has given us the commandment. He's got a better idea. He's got a, he's got a great vision for our lives and for our families. Yeah. What does it mean to honour them? What does it mean to honour? There's a few words put up on the screen. <coughs> to honour means to revere, means to respect. It means to recognise the place God assigned for your parents.
parents in your life. It means to have reverence for. It means to hold in high regard. It means to care for. So this idea of honouring our mothers and fathers means to revere your mum and dad. Respect your mum and dad. Are any, uh, any parents sitting next to their kids this morning going, go on, Pete, preach it, mate. <laughs> <coughs> to honour your mother and father, or the in-law, uh, to recognise the place of God, the, God, the place of your parents that God has assigned in your life. These are beautiful things. These are amazing ideals, incredible ideas. To honour your father and mother means to care, care for your mother and father. And I want to honour people in this room today who are caring for elderly loved ones. Some of you share stuff that you're going through with me when it comes to caring for elderly parents who are sick. I just want to commend you. You are phenomenal people. Well done in the way you care. Yeah. Listen, let's go to the main man first of all. Let's set a standard for ourselves, not by the, the, by the call, call out of a commandment, but by the life of Jesus. How did Jesus treat his mum and dad? That's a good start, isn't it? We're called to be Christ-like. How did Jesus treat his mom and dad? Well, we know that Jesus ended up becoming a carpenter like his adopted father, Joseph. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Jesus' assignment on planet Earth was not to be a carpenter. That was not his assignment. That was not Jesus' calling. But while he was here, while he had a relationship with his earthly father, he gleaned wisdom from his own dad. He learned a trade from his father. Now, I know because my brother... Um, he's learned well, a trade from our father. And man, do you have to practice patience. Man, do you have to practice kindness. Man, do you have to go there with each other relationally and all that kind of stuff. Jesus would have spent time, so much time with his earthly father, Joseph. He would have listened to him. I'm sure he would have got frustrated with him. He stuck him in there with him. And do you know what? In the end, he says that Jesus was indeed a carpenter. Jesus became a carpenter like his earthly there was, a, there was a healthy love, an ongoing relationship, a, a respect of what you have done, God giving me, and I will receive it. Thank you. Jesus didn't need to do that. His calling was not to be a carpenter. It was to be the saviour of the world. But while he was here, he pressed into his relationship with his dad. Isn't that a beautiful idea? Yeah. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Yeah. Well, what about his mum? We know that Jesus cared for Mary so much. We know that Jesus allowed his own mom to follow him around on his ministry trips. Can you imagine if your mom followed you into your workplace every day? Can you imagine? I mean, it'd be a little odd, wouldn't it? Mom, what are you doing here? All your sandwiches. <laughs> mom, what are you doing here? Oh, uh, you forgot to iron your shirt. I bought you an iron one. Chill out, mom. That's what we know and love about Jesus is actually Mary stood to Jesus throughout his life and he allowed his He did not push his mother away. Is that beautiful or what? And then when Jesus is dying on the cross, he's, he's nailed to the cross. And you think it's all about you guys, you know, the whole fathers and humans who don't know what they're doing and all the rest of it, today you're doing it in paradise. There's a moment where Jesus looks down while he's leaving the dying on the cross and his main concern is with mom. Do you remember the scene? He looks down and he looks at John, the youngest disciple, and he says, John, look after my mom. And he said, woman, behold your son. The example of Jesus, the kindness, the diligence to his father, the, the, the care for his mom is just inspiring, transformative, it's beautiful. But then of course Jesus ultimately has a heavenly father, like we ultimately have a heavenly father. And, and how did Jesus honour his heavenly father? The way he honoured his heavenly father was, he only did what he saw his father doing. So intent was Jesus on 
honouring his Father in heaven, he could only do what he saw or witnessed the Spirit of God calling him to do. Is that a call on all our lives this morning? I want to encourage you this morning. Because like the Apostle Paul, he, he actually quotes the Ephesians and says, it's really exciting this commandment. Because it's the first one with a promise. Promises are good. Especially when you know they come from God and therefore will not be broken. The promise was this. That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Honour your mother and father that your days will be long in the land that your father in heaven, the God is giving you. Yeah. This is incredible. There's something mysterious in this command because none of the other commandments come with a promise, but this one does. And it's a hinge point between the love God commands and the love people commands. There's something mysterious and powerful in the nature of honouring our parents that releases the life of God into our lives. Is that amazing? Do we want to live long lives? Yeah. But also, what did Jesus say? He didn't say, I've just come so you can live to 96 or whatever. He said, I've come to give you life and life to the, the full. Some translations say, I've come to give you life and life in abundance. There's something about this commandment of honouring our parents that allows God to unleash abundant life to us. What is life to the full? It's life more abundantly. It's life that is added to. An abundant life is a remarkable life. Life to the full exceeds expectations. What are your expectations for your life and for your relationships and the healing of your heart? I believe this morning that Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, would say there is a new day for all of us. There is a new abundance. There is a new life. There is a life that exceeds expectations for all of us. And there's something of a secret to it all in honouring our mother and father. How do we access such a life? By hearing the promises of God and walking in them. If God makes a promise, it's as good as done. It's now, maybe just not yet. A promise is a fact of a future experience that's coming your way. A promise is a fact that is coming in the future. And I came up with this, no, I didn't actually, I think the Holy Spirit gave me this because it was a very clever phrase and I wasn't thinking it. I, I, I felt I felt my spirit this phrase. A promise is a pivot. Nobody, no friends like this guy shaking pivot. Pivot! The promise is a pivot. I remember being in basketball uh, PE class when I was in year eight, and my PE teacher, who was really not a great sportsman, was trying to teach us to pivot. And so he's got us, right, okay, you stand on one leg, and you move, you can't pivot it, you pivot it, don't travel with the ball, and all that kind of stuff. It's a change of direction. What is a pivot? It's a change of direction. It's a change of trajectory. And this is what the promises of God are. When you trust in God and you receive his promises, whatever he has promised, your embracing means there is a change that's coming. Is that good news? So when we call to honour our father and mother that there may be long life in the land that God is giving you, I'm going to honour my father and mother because somehow in that there's a pivot towards a different trajectory. There's a more positive outcome. What is this positive outcome? There's something about this that God wants to bring abundant life through. Are you with me this morning? It's a turning point. The promises of God are turning points. 
So what is this command? What is this command when it's promised payment for stores? Okay, Pete. The last people on planet Earth that I would ever dream of honouring are my parents. So you better send me that creature boy. What's the point in honouring dishonourable people? Well, let's deal with these one first. If you've had amazing parents, honouring our fathers and mothers is an opportunity to recognise and rejoice over the qualities of the people who gave us life. When we honour our parents, you know, honour is a verb. Teacher Ben, what is a verb? Action. It's an action. It's a doing verb. When we honour our parents, we actively love, care, and support. <coughs> Honouring our, our parents, what does it do for us? What, what, how does it enlarge in our lives? It enhances and deepens the most, one of the most closest relationships we could ever have this side of eternity. When we honour our father and mother, <coughs> something that's very special is also happening. When I honour my mother and my father and my kids see that, what do you think it's going to so would reap in their lives. Do you think I'm going to benefit? Absolutely right. If we honour our mother and father in a way that is healthy and appropriate, then our kids get to witness that, and when our time comes where we need care, they've already seen something modelled that will be reciprocated. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. Blessing begets blessing. Yeah. Honouring our father and mother pivots us towards life more abundantly. And I wish I had every answer to every question in every head in this room right now. I don't. Just announcing promises of God. The commandment to honour your father and mother this morning evokes very different responses for different people. And for most of us it is easy to honour both our fathers and our mothers. Because quite simply they were honourable. And some of us today have very difficult, very complex, very painful history with our parents. For some, childhood was toxic. It was a bad environment. It was scary and maybe even abusive. Before I go any further, I want to say this. The moment that you could remove yourself from that situation, you did an amazing thing. You showed incredible courage and amazing strength. For some of you, you deliberately created distance between yourselves and what was an unhealthy environment. And I want to, this morning, publicly commend you for the strength and character that meant you separated yourself from toxic abuse. Your decisions meant you are healthy and standing or sitting here today. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I want to encourage you today that you are not called by God to honour what is dishonourable. Let that be a relief to your heart today. You are not, we are not called to honour what is dishonourable. Scriptures tell us that we must not call righteous what is sin. And so that is not what honouring your parents is about this morning. We are called to honour our father and mother. So how do we begin to move that way? Honouring your father and mother, that we're not correct. It's not about pretending that things didn't happen. Honouring your father and mother who weren't great, it's not affirming their actions or opening yourself up to more abuse. That is not what honouring your father and mother is about. My heart feels heavy because I haven't experienced that side of life. 
And so my preaching could be fraudulent, so I'm going to try and be honest. I'm going to try and be helpful. Is that okay? Yeah. Let me encourage you. You are not called to honour that which is dishonourable. Honouring your father and mother in these circumstances is ultimately about the health of your heart. You have a chance of the deepest kind of healing. We can even begin to entertain the idea of honouring those who came from. So how can you, how could someone, how could someone begin to honour parents not worthy of honour? I just wonder if there's one redeeming feature. Is there one redeeming feature? Is there one redeeming characteristic? Is there one redeeming encouragement that they gave you? Thank you, God. Church, if there is no redeeming feature whatsoever, and we can't honour them at all because our feelings and our reality, our experience, just does not give permission for that. Let's throw it back on our view of God. How does God feel about every single human that ever existed on planet Earth? What does God actually feel about every human? He feels love. Jesus said, for God so loved the world, gave his one and only son, so whoever. The love of God is not off limits to certain people. And I wonder this morning if we have a view or we can even entertain the idea that God loves that parent. Maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance. A slither of grace. Just that slither of grace in your heart coming from, gosh, God loves them. Lord, I can't. I'd love to be able to. Even that, I believe, is honouring those that don't deserve it. I would encourage you, if, if reconciliation is possible, then we ought to, because the example of Jesus makes steps toward reconciliation. If reconciliation and redemption are completely inappropriate and completely off the cards, simply praying for God to show mercy to those people is you honouring mother and father. You do not have to miss out on the promise of the life that God wants for you. Even just a prayer for mercy, Lord have mercy. I don't know if you this morning, maybe in your heart you've prayed in your hand, that's all I've got a all I've got is a Lord have mercy. Well, do you know what? You sound like Jesus to me. Yeah. Well done. <clears throat> That's phenomenal. Forgiveness is refusing to let evil have its way and take out peace. The Lord Jesus, he, he honours all of us, he, he honours all of humanity. I mentioned it earlier when he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Did you notice that Jesus wasn't excusing their behaviour, the people that nailed him, he wasn't excusing our sin. He simply said, humanity is so flipping broken. Oh, God, have mercy on them. Forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. I don't know why your parents did the things they did or do the things they do. It's a sad reality that people are products of their experiences and environments. Jesus calls us to a high call and pray for our enemies. And they may have even become enemies to us, and yet Jesus says, 
The most honouring thing that you can do for dishonourable people is ask the Lord to have mercy on them and show yourself to them. They might not change, but prayers like those certainly change us. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8 to 9, it says this, For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap from corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit, from the Spirit, will reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. The flesh nature of us would want to reject and kick back and just go, you're not having me. I want nothing to do with it. And in certain circumstances it's appropriate that you don't physically put yourself in a space with certain people. Absolutely right, and yet, where we can have the opportunity, even in the silence of our heart, to say, Lord, have mercy on them, that is us doing good. Are you with me? Yeah. And that will reap a harvest, that will reap a healing in us. I'm going to tell you a story this morning. And then, oh, <coughs> I've asked my dad's permission to, to share this. And I might not have all the, the details exactly right because I didn't live his experience. But we chatted last night and he, he was happy for me to share. He shared this himself, of course, my dad's story. My, uh, my dad's a Tipton lad and uh, he, uh, he grew up in a very, very dysfunctional family. Very dysfunctional family. He witnessed a lot of violence in the home. There was a lot of domestic violence. He witnessed his own mom getting beaten up a lot. Um, my dad had 11 nervous breakdowns. She died very early. She died when I was six. She was in her 50s. She had a really tough fight. My, my granddad, he was a rogue. It'd be hard to list how many crimes that man <laughs> committed. And of course, as children, we're protected from that. We didn't know about that. The older you get, you become friends with your, with your parents, don't you? They might share certain things with you. And so, different realities have come to life. My dad had a major heart attack at 15. And part of the reason for that heart attack was the massive stress that he was, he was under, not just the work, but relationally with his own life. Nearly cost me my dad, my granddad, our granddad. At the age of 15, my dad became a Christian. Now, what you need to know about my dad is, is he was a very nervous, chubby, bullied kid at school. He was very timid, wouldn't say boo to a goose, lived in fear. At the age of 15, a mate of his went to a main church and said, mate, do you want to come to church with some fit girls? <laughs> so my dad, my dad goes to church to see some fit girls. I, like, I can't even imagine what it was the big like for dad, like this nervous, timid kid. Like, yeah, okay. So he goes, and that night he hears about the perfect love of the perfect father in heaven. You know when God speaks to you right at the time you need it. At 15, the first time he walks into church, he hears a message about the love of God he said, I couldn't explain, but my hand, I just felt uncontrollably putting my hand up to say yes to Jesus. That one. Almost overnight, and the friends that he has reunions with from school, even in the last few years, have asked him, what happened to you? Because you changed, like, so quickly. So be, and he's down to share with his friends, which is what I became a Christian. He suddenly became a confident young man with identity and meaning and purpose. Was he perfect and healed and whole? Now, of course, he wasn't. Let's be honest. 
this young man's life as it changed the trajectory of not just his life, my life, his grandkids' life, and ultimately his own dad's life. So I asked my dad, I said, Dad, how did you honor your father when he just deserved no honor whatsoever? And he said, honestly, Pete, lots of times I did not. Lots of times I did not. He said, bro, I would always pray for him. And I asked Jesus to save him. I can never understand, we can never understand why as kids, granddad always ran our house every single night. All white people in my mum's head. He was, he, was a, he was a cool granddad to us, he was pretty tough. We went out to moderate school, he'd follow me down, he'd get ready to sort out for So he had to yeah, he had some But it turns out, he was always at our house, with the police was actually. Up until the age that he was, 67, we had a major stroke. There's something about that kind of thing that humbles the person, of course. So Granddad George White gave his life to Jesus. And I cannot tell you how different our grandfather was after he came to Jesus. A tough man who we later found out was suffering PTSD from the time in the Korean War. Became a hard, difficult, former prisoner gave his life to Jesus and became the sweetest man you've ever met in your life. He had to learn how to write again with his left hand because he completely lost the use of his right side. And there were so many generals in Dad's attic of granddad's prayers to Jesus. This man was so far from Jesus. Where did the change occur? I believe it was my dad honouring my granddad, if nothing else, with prayers, Lord, have mercy. It's extreme to say, but it's the truth. If he hadn't honoured him, and didn't share the love of God with him, I found out that would be him. That's the truth. But that hard path of honouring what was dishonourable led to redemption. Not only that, redemption was really bad. Let's be parents of humility and integrity. Let's be parents that show our children what it means 
to authentically follow Jesus. Let's stay the path of righteousness for our sake and for theirs. Let's carve out a new family culture that is devoted to the King of Kings and sees an honouring that goes down the generations that sees life of abundance increase and increase and increase and increase. I have today what my dad's never had. My kids will have in their day what I've never had. And so we can continue with life and health and peace and providence. Oh, and Jesus is the pivot. Are you with me this morning? Three final answers to the question, and it'd be good for you to come up, because it'd be encouraging to all you. Three final answers to the question, why should we honour our mother and father? Why should we honour our mother and father? Number one, it's a command of God. What's a command? Is it a mild suggestion? No, it's a command. It's an imperative. Imperative, all right? We do it. It's a directional directive. When we honour the command of God, we honour the commander. Did you hear me? Yeah. When we live in obedience, what we do is we're worshipping God. I want to worship God. Everyone want to worship God. When we choose to honour and uphold the honour of our parents, we are acting in accordance with the sovereign will of God. When we live lives in obedience to the commands of God, we are blessed. The scriptures are very specific. They say, you know, when you're obedient to the commands of God, He rewards us. Yeah. We don't obey Him to short put him out of a blessing but we know that when we're obedient the blessing is on its way obedience to please rewards number two why should we honour our mother and father number two when we and this is important when we honour God by following his command to honour our parents we actually honour ourselves how's that when we honour our parents we are honouring the vehicles by which God gave us life Stick with me a second. When we honour our mother and father, we are honouring the vehicles by which God gave us life. Why is that important? It's because for whatever reason, God chose your mom and your dad to bring you into the world. Whatever the state of relationship is with them, you were meant to exist. And so I want to honour the reason I exist. The reason I exist is because of Bill and Tommy Wright. The, 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 the reason you exist is because of your parents. And I want to honour the life that God has given me. So when I honour my parents, I'm saying, God, thank you for me. Thank you for this. Thank you for life. And when you realise that God always wanted you to exist, you suddenly realise that you were created on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. Not a single person on planet Earth is an accident or a mistake. It's about life. God desires your existence. So when we honour our mother and father, we honour his plan for us to exist. And we thank him for it. Thank you, Jesus. To honour the father and mother that our God gave us is to live in reference of the creator who made a way for us to exist. Thirdly, why should we honour our mother and father? One, simply it's a command. Two, when we do, we actually honour ourselves. And three, this is about our hearts. This is about our hearts. <coughs> Healthy hearts live better. The journey of discipleship to Christ's likeness is to allow the instruction and the wisdom of God to lead us from glory to glory.
so sorry for all your questions. I'm not answering them for you. And I have no intention, and I have no intention of disappearing people at the church. If there's things that you want real specific prayer about, it would be our joy to pray with you. Ask God to lead you to healing. This morning, before we sing to God's feet, if you're able, just in your heart, just give him honour for your name. God, thank you. And perhaps asking, Lord, how do you want me to honour my parents? Is there, is there something you think would be good for me to do? this morning because it's like, gosh, Lord, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed by the parents that I've got. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much for them. Thanks again for listening. To hear more of our messages, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers. If you feel like you got something out of today's message, why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of Jesus? We are praying for you. We love you. So please, if you need anything at all, check out springschurch.co.uk. God bless.